Welcome to the fourth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and deck builder, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, man? General Kenobi, it's going quite well. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, that's my job in this conversational podcast. Oh! <laughs> how's, the, uh, how's the back doing? It I still hurts. You... Oh. Actually, I'm not even being facetious. I am going to set a doctor's appointment for some time this week. Oh. Like a, a chiropractor? Or? I don't know, man. I'm going to call my doctor and be like, yo, my back still hurts. What do you suggest? Yeah, what does a doctor's appointment look like in COVID-19? That's a good... I don't know. Because you can't even go into the hospitals. Yeah, my grandmother... They're, they're not allowing anyone into the hospitals, even if you're... Even if you have a cough. <laughs> yeah, even if you are if you were stabbed on the street in front of the hospital, they're not taking any patients. Oh, you're saying that you would be taken in if you have COVID, but everything else, no. Exactly. No, I, I'm I'm genuinely curious. I'm going to call my doctor on Monday morning prior to work and ask, what, what do you suggest? Do you want me to come in so you can touch my back and figure out what's wrong? Right. Or should I go to another person to touch my back? That's, that's fair. That's a, a valid question. My grandmother was just telling me that she needs to go to the doctor. Well, not, not urgently, but she's, you know, she makes regular checkup appointments. And she can't go because they don't want to have them, anybody come in that's uh, of that age. So she specifically calls in, and they have a sense. phone conversation. Zoom uh, doctoring, although she can't use Zoom either, so it is just a regular is she, phone. Is it like on your uh, Slavic side, like your Slavic grandmother? Co- correct. Yeah? Yes. She's Croatian. Yeah? Yeah. Former Yugoslavian, dude. I'm, I'm part of that, you know? Yeah. Serbian. L- what are the chances of Serbian and Croatian hanging out? Just on the same podcast. podcast. Yeah. Just conversing. Exactly. Crazy. Crazy Talk stuff. about, imagine. We're, we're imagine, bridging a gap. Imagine if we did this in 1995. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, this is also not only a film and TV podcast, but clearly political. No. Yes. We try and stay away from the political unless we need to dive into it. I guess. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about corrections for the last episode. What could we have messed up? What I are, know. What are the chances that us? Two experts in this field mess something. We've been doing this for years. Yeah, mess something like this up. Absolutely unbelievable. But uh, the error that I made, I think you had made it. I'm not sure. But I did us, make it. It was it was I. It was you. Okay. I kind of concurred though with it, so I think we both made the error. Well, you I'll know what? Okay, well. I'll I'll let you, let you me take, take the it? blame. Okay, you take the blame. Thanks, it was you. Thanks, man. No worries, dude. What so, anyways, <laughs> let's actually get to what it is. <laughs> it is essentially we talked about Fargo last week. We're big fans of the TV show Fargo. And the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Show run by Noah Hawley. In this case, unlike the movies, which were created by the Coen brothers. But Fargo has been nominated many times for outstanding drama in various places. Uh, Various actors were nominated as well. Uh, Mostly the miniseries category. Anyways, Billy Bob Thornton won a Golden Globe for his work on Fargo. Not an Emmy, as we stated previously on our last episode. So just to clarify that speech that I recited there, he won a Golden Globe for his work in Fargo Season 1. That's good to know. Yeah. Just wanted to I correct appreciate that. it. What makes a show a miniseries if it has multiple seasons? 
You know what it is, though? I think that the creators, and this is a correct me if I'm wrong type scenario, please write into splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com if you have any insight. But I'm I pretty will. sure that the creators can choose what category they're in. So even like oh. supporting actors, you'll find that they could be in the movie quite a bit, but because they don't want to necessarily compete with their own movie. So like, for instance, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The Quentin Tarantino movie from last year. Brad Pitt won an award for supporting actor in various award shows. But why wasn't he like the lead? Wasn't he also a leading actor technically? I'd argue, I guess, that Leonardo DiCaprio is yeah, the lead. But yeah, yeah. There's a there's a distinction there. Is how much screen time do you need before you're con- considered a leading actor in a specific movie? Seven minutes. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, I think there was, there was a movie back in the day that actually an actor had won and they were barely in the movie. I don't know if it was leading act. No, it wasn't leading actor. It must have been supporting. But regardless, I'm pretty sure that the creators can choose, or the director, or the, the producers can choose which categories. Because if they win awards, it usually helps them on the bottom line as well. Oh. So if you win, like for instance, Parasite won uh, Best Picture last year. It did indeed. And I'd imagine... A lot of people watched Parasite after it won. Yeah, I uh, watched it before it won, though. Yeah, I know. Are you hipstering this? I am hipstering this. Yeah. I thought that was the. I thought that was going to win Best Picture before it even got nominated. Oh wow! For Best Picture. Well, look at you. I'm I'm a freaking Oscar genius, dude. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, fair enough. That's our correction. We try to stay honest. We try to make sure that our our content is accurate. Please write into us if you find that we've said something that's stupid. Or not, well, don't don't write it to us. If we say something stupid, we do this a lot because we're pretty ridiculous. But if we say something inaccurate and we're we're being serious, please write it. Natalie was an inside job. What? I'm not sure what you said, but I'm sure I'll catch it on the edit. Anyways, so actually one more thing I'd like to talk about, just because it just happened not moments ago, but a few hours ago. We filmed this podcast on Saturdays, uh, and we release every Monday, just so you're aware. Regis Philbin passed away. I just wanted to mention that because... Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, he was a little bit of a part of my childhood, too. Like, last yeah. week we talked about Grant, Grant Imahara. Like, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was one of those shows that he was iconic. He wasn't even... He wasn't in that many seasons of that. Did you realize it was from 1999 to 2002? That's it? Yeah. I thought he was in the show for, like, 10 years. I thought it was... Like, I thought that show was made for him specifically well there was other uh hosts apparently but i he, never remember any of them i believe he won an award for that as well he, his work on the show was it. amazing yeah he, he's one of the like most iconic hosts of a game show because of you know <clears throat> is that your final answer yes right so yeah i i just uh, wanted to shout that out it's unfortunate yeah it is it is definitely unfortunate there is however simon some breaking news Oh, okay. We before we get into the breaking news. <laughs> before we get into the news. That ha- ha- was already broke prior to this. But I just saw this from Rotten Tomatoes, actually, yeah, sure. on their Instagram page. Is this based on Comic-Con at home? Yes. Oh, perfect. Sorry, not, That's going not on Comic-Con. Right now. Oh. At today's Justice Con panel. Right, which is based on it's piggybacking yeah. off Comic-Con at home, I guess. Zack Snyder announced that we'll see our first teaser for Justice League, as well as learn... If his cut will be a full movie or cut into episodes. What do you think about that? Interesting. I feel like it's just going to be a movie, no? Yeah, I know. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, unless he's teasing it, in which case, is it then a series? Maybe. I'm curious if, what are they going to do? Like, I don't know. 
like a five episode miniseries. Like I imagine his movie is going to be like four hours long. If Batman v Superman was what three? Like the Ultimate Cut was over three Maybe hours. He's cutting stuff out though. You think he's going to cut it we out? We can cut some stuff out that Joss Whedon shot afterwards, right? Like Joss Whedon did. Oh, I, I imagine he's not going to use any of Joss Whedon's stuff. So, right. So maybe it's going to still be three and a half hours or whatever. Mm. I'm not sure. It's a weird one. There was more actually. That I think it was just before that article you just read. But there was more stuff about Fisher. Oh, no. I, I haven't heard anything of that. Uh, so, yeah. Ray Fisher had said that he had more revelations and he was getting a catalog of different actors and cast members or crew members to create a case against Joss Whedon of the abuse he had on set. That's crazy, man. How? What was he doing that was so terrible? I don't understand. Other than cheating on his wife? I'm but, not too sure. <laughs> that wasn't related to this, though. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's problematic, but I don't really understand. It seems strange because you, really, you never really see this. Like, what is this, an abusive... An abusive power? Yeah, but no one else is speaking out, like, vocally about this. Is that... what Was it that bad that people were afraid to speak out? I'm confused. That is... That's what I'm curious about. I think, no offense to Ray Fisher, because I'm pretty sure he, he was a Broadway actor prior to Justice League. That's maybe like he's just a, not used to a film set. Is that what you're about to say? Maybe. Or not only that, maybe he just has less to lose than everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, but crew, uh, I guess crew members are too, I don't know. Maybe too, they don't want to not get a job on a set again. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Because at the very least, again, like Ray Fisher came from Broadway. He, he was in plays. So... I imagine he would just go back into that. I think Justice League was his first big movie. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, no, maybe well, he just really hated it. Well, he was in Batman vs. Superman first for a time. Like He was cast by Zack Snyder initially. Yeah, yeah that, that's fair. But they, they, they shot Batman v Superman and Justice League back-to-back pretty much. Yeah, I did, did. it's just so strange. These revelations are strange because he's the only one, again, speaking out, it's, it's odd. Like I don't, I don't know. And why is nobody spoken out about Age of Ultron? Like That's a massive movie as well. Of course, he did it from start to finish, but I'm a little confused as to what this sudden uh, abuse of power is. I, I don't know. Again, I guess believe him, I suppose, but it's, it's, it is odd to me. And I'm curious to see how this pans out because I didn't think the story would come up again. I thought that was it. He initially said, I love Joss Whedon. Who could have been better to bring in for a replacement for Zack Snyder on Justice League? And then he says, I take that back. He's terrible. He's, abuse, he's abusive on set. And now he's coming out with, I'm collecting people to, to create a case against Joss Whedon and sue me, Joss Whedon, with libel if you think this is un- any of this is untrue. He literally said that. Huh. Not quote unquote, but the gist of yeah. it. It's just interesting. Anyways, I'm, I'm What excited. is this? Uh, some sort of suicide squad? What is, what is that referencing? <laughs> suicide squad. Yeah, but the, it's, it's even... in the same universe, <laughs> apparently. Okay. I don't know, man. It's the only thing I can. Yeah, fair uh, enough. We're putting together a team. That's Avengers, isn't it? Yeah, that's Nick Fury in Iron Man. I think you're really loosely also quoting these. I am. Yeah, I'm not. No. The what is this? Some kind of suicide okay, squad? That's, that's like word for word. Verbatim. Okay. That's what a funny. shit line in a shit movie. Anyways, yeah. Fuck Suicide Squad. I hate that movie. <laughs> Justice League, I am very excited for. To I see can't a wait. Snyder Cut. My favorite clip they've launched so far is the clip in which Wonder Woman is, is looking up at some kind of... I don't know some kind of hieroglyphs or, or mm. uh, yeah the the, 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 the initial uh, teaser that they that they showed yeah for Darkseid it's really interesting because I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with it and if they can bring Darkseid the concept of Darkseid to the fore like they did with Thanos it could be a very interesting and compelling way to jumpstart a series that's not going to happen I <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> yeah, man. I, I almost don't know. wonder why they're doing this because unless they're going to go back to it and hire Ben Affleck again, who is also an advocate for the Snyder Cut, strangely, almost all the actors seem to use the hashtag. Well, Ben Affleck, I believe, was the first one that like just tweeted hashtag, hashtag release the Snyder, Snyder Cut, cut. on uh, on the Twitter. It's very interesting. But, uh, it's exciting stuff, man. Anything that we don't get to about Comic-Con at home this week, it's because we're filming on a Saturday. It's kind of yeah. smack dab in the middle. So we might get to it. We'll, we'll get to any of the big news, especially for next week on next Monday. As long as it's interesting. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about what you've been watching, Adrian. What have you been watching? So I'll be honest with you, Simon. I haven't been watching too, too much. Oh. I, I've already mentioned I'm doing a rewatch of Avatar The Last Airbender. I, I just got to season two the other day. Great show. Yeah. Or I'm a little bit deeper into season two, but what what I actually did watch just out of the blue one one day with 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 a pal of mine is the Thomas Middleitch Middletitch Mi- Middle Ditch Middle Ditch Middle Ditch Middle Ditch Yeah Thomas Middle Ditch Yeah from of Silicon, Silicon Valley, Valley fame <laughs> Yeah that's right Um Thomas Middle Ditch and Middle Fuck whatever ditch. Middle Ditch As if like there's a, the middle of a ditch Okay ditch. Thomas Middle Ditch There you go And Ben Schwartz the complete i forget what it's called something completely improv special of of special improvs totally improv this this entire show is improv and it's uh yeah it's kind of in the vein of the show with uh, bob odenkirk and you know what i'm talking about yeah uh bob o- bob odenkirk and david cross i did not watch that however was that just like live in front of a studio audience i thought that was more skits yeah, that was more skits. Good question. I, I haven't watched it either. It's a good point. Um, yeah, that's- so so these are three separate episodes, and they all take place on a stage in front of a crowd of people. Totally improvised, and uh, what they do is they essentially ask the audience some questions. They, they t- start talking to a person in the audience, and they ask them a few questions about... Uh, so the, I watched the third episode most recently, and it, it's, a, it's about a job, applying for a job interview or whatever. The guy explains, you know, like I just applied to SNL as like a camera person or whatever. And long story short, they just they just make a improvised comedy for about 40 ish minutes based on a few ideas that the audience gives them. And it's absolutely hilarious. I remember like I or I turned it on and I was a little bit worried that like, oh man, like improv comedy, it's usually fairly cringy. You never really know. Well, it depends who's doing it. So I guess if they're really good at it. They're amazing be- at it. They play off each other incredibly well. Um, there's, there's multiple laugh out loud moments. Oddly enough, I only watched the first and third episode. I still got to watch the second. It keeps you laughing throughout the entire time. And uh, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of it, and I hope they do more. I'm a big fan of comedy specials. Sorry, did you want to say how many episodes there were? Three. Three in total. Yeah, three in total. There's only three. So I I hope to see more because it is genuinely hilarious. And uh, I think it's just called Middle Dish and Schwartz. I was looking it up there. Is it literally just just called Middle Dish and Schwartz? What it it is called. And I'm pretty sure that is what it's called, surprisingly. Yeah. Well. Uh, But yeah, it launched in 2020 on Netflix. Middle Dish and Schwartz. Yeah, that's simple. Oh. I guess if you nice. can't say his name, though, it's not that simple. Middle Ditch. That's right. Middle Niche. But Middle... Never mind. Anyways, you should watch it. Uh, I highly recommend it. Have you watched it? I haven't, no. I, I intended to because I uh, I follow Middle Ditch on Instagram, and he's always doing some kind of hijinks. So I thought it would be, it would be interesting. So, yeah, definitely going to, but I just haven't yet. It's interesting to see Middle Ditch in because uh, I've only seen him in Silicon Valley, so I only know him as this one character. He's also strangely he he's just starred in in the Two K series for NBA, like NBA Two K Twenty. I don't know if it was I think it was twenty. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like the... he plays an agent. I'm pretty sure. Oh, 
for your basketball player in the my player or whatever it's called. Is that the one with wait, it, it, Idris Alba is in, in in there as well, isn't he? I think that's the year before. Oh, but he's mo capped and he's completely in it. I was I was looking that up now. I was like, oh yeah, he plays that. That's kind of cool. He's looking up the middle ditch in sports. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool to see him like quite literally play multiple different characters and uh, see how how much of a variety of comedy this guy actually has. I thought he was pretty one note because again, he's playing one character in Silicon Valley and. He, Which is that, his job. Yeah, yeah, and, and he does a great job. I love his character in Silicon Valley, this awkward whatever. But That's I've seen, a great show, by the way. It's awesome. Again, it's really one of those questions like, what does HBO do wrong? And like that show is fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's, yeah, it's a fantastic comedy. Um, and sure. yeah, I've seen Ben Schwartz in a bunch of different stuff. He plays relatively similar characters, but again, like he has range. So like uh, if you compare him from House of Lies to uh, Parks and Rec, to can't think of a different show right off the top of my head all of a sudden, but yeah, well, he's I, in Space Force most recently, I guess. Oh, I gotta watch that still, but he's great. I, I really like Ben Schwartz. Yeah, cool. I, I do recommend it. You should watch it if you have about fifty minutes to waste. You can watch a single episode. The first episode's absolutely hilarious. The third episode, I loved it as well. I still gotta watch episode two. Cool, 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 cool. What did you watch? I watched Better Call Saul. I started season five of Better Call Saul, and that's where I spent majority of my watching time i've still been watching veep with my girlfriend so that's an ongoing thing i'm on season five of veep but better call saul season five much like season four and season three and season two it just keeps getting better and better and better i just feel like vince gilligan and peter gould they just they do something golden everything they i like that was that pen intended because of peter peter gold yes sure uh but yeah it's just it's fantastic in so many ways. I just find that the cinematography is surprisingly incredible every season, and they just they hang on shots of things. It's just similar to the Breaking Bad cinematography. You watched up to season four, right? Yeah, I still need to watch season five. I assume you purchased it like on iTunes. I did, yeah, because yeah. it's one of those shows that I can't. I'm not going to say that it, use hyperbole and say that it's my favorite show of of all time or anything but it honestly i find that it is better than breaking bad because i feel like they learned lessons i agree with you i like um I, I watched breaking or sorry better call Saul seasons one through four with my girlfriend pretty much immediately after we watched breaking bad like the all. second time you watched it again yeah i watched breaking bad the second time it was her first time through it all and then we watched the movie i forget what the movie's called el camino el camino Watch that, which is great. Again, all of it's fantastic. But we, once we finished season four, I asked my girlfriend like whether or not she liked it, um, and she's like, "No, I think I like this better than Breaking Bad." And I, I agree. I think it is. It's more complex. There's, there's lots of sides. There's they, so they, many. They somehow sides. weave so well together. There's almost you're almost watching two and a half stories play out in Mike's drama, like Mike Armentrout, uh, obviously Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill. Same, same guy. And then uh, Nacho's storyline as well with Nacho's the cartel. Story with the cartel kind of storyline. And it's just, I just think it's so masterfully created. It's so masterfully written. They take their time with things. Like there's an example in season five. It's not spoiling anything. He's, uh, Saul Goodman is, or Jimmy McGill is dropping a beer bottle off a balcony and, at night. Like he's just playing with the beer bottle. But they have this shot and they're hanging on the shot for such a long time. The way they frame shots, the way they do certain things, that they can spend the time doing these almost mundane shots or a shot of an ice cream cone being ravaged by ants is a shot in the beginning of an episode. 
or the way that they shoot and they did this a lot in Breaking Bad where they shoot the bottom of a container and you're looking up through liquid. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. They've done this many times, but in various different ways. And it's that kind of cinematography that I don't, you don't see too often in TV series or even movies, to be honest. It's just masterful in so many ways. I feel like it should win every year for best show just because of the way this is, the, the way it's created. This, the, the production value is really good. Like they actually, I didn't know this, but I was looking it up just to see. They actually changed the cinematographer after the first two seasons. So they had the same cinematographer for the first two seasons as they had for all of Breaking Bad. And so that was Marshall Adams. And then they actually switched it to Arthur Albert for the next few. And I, I didn't, I don't know if I even noticed. I just feel like there's. I definitely a, had no idea. But this season, I've been particularly keeping an eye on it just because the, even just the way they frame a shot from afar or it's just beautifully done. Again, I can't stress enough the writing, the dialogue, the the way that the stories interweave between Jimmy McGill and Mike Armentrout. Jonathan Banks is just phenomenal. He's such a good actor. And I like, agree. I would hope for like a hundred more of these seasons just because even just watching Jonathan Banks, there's just something, there's a gravitas in his performance that he just pulls off. Again, it's, it's awesome. Did they like, Season six is coming. That has been announced. It's happening. Is it the is it the final season? Do we know this? I think that's what they said. Yeah, uh, we'd have to take a look at that. That maybe uh, not correct, but I, I was fairly certain that they're going to do one more season and that's it. Just like Breaking Bad ended on five, I guess, and a half. I guess they're ending it. Actually, it's weird, eh? Better Call Saul is going to have more episodes more, more than episodes. Breaking Bad. Yeah, which I'm perfectly fine with. Me it's too. Just a different. You're telling so many different stories. It's funny, I think it was Vince Gilligan that said that as he was going through the process of creating the show, he kind of thought that it was going to be very short. Like, there's going to be a few seasons and it would wrap up. But as he discovered more and more and, like, the... Even... Again, Mike Ehrmantraut, Jonathan Banks, phenomenal. But Bob Odenkirk is, like, a force to be reckoned with. His I, acting is so great. Rhea Skehorn, I, I Seahorn. I, oh, she's fantastic. Rhea Seahorn. I hadn't seen her in anything else. Me neither. I can't think of anything, and I can't. I think can't think of the a- actor's name who plays Nacho Varga, but that oh, guy. Michael Mando. Michael Mando. He's phenomenal. He's he, he, the first time I've ever seen Michael Mando. Oddly enough, it was in uh, Far Cry Three. He's the. That's right. Yeah, me he, too. He, and yeah. he's so well mocapped. That was actually a fairly long time ago. Far Cry Three, of course, being a, a popular yeah. iteration in a video game series. Yeah, it's strange how close it is. Like he is literally in that game. It's interesting that way. Uh, they added Breaking Bad alum Giancarlo Esposito in the next iteration of Far Cry Six, which is coming out. Wow! Yeah, I didn't even so I didn't even realize that they they seem to tap that that universe for for actors. Giancarlo Esposito is also incredible as well, and Breaking Bad in general. And the, there's again, not there's not a bad like actor in in that show. No, um, it's just, in either shows, arguably. It's. One of my favorite shows on TV, if you've watched Breaking Bad or maybe even haven't, I recommend it quite a bit. It's very interesting. They keep you compellingly linked to it and, and, and watching it with like eyes glued to the screen because it's so interesting. The schemes that Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill comes up with throughout the actual run of the show as he, because he's not a, the most by the book lawyer, one would argue. Yeah, he's not, he's not a good dude. Yeah, he makes pretty bad choices, but he has these trick, these trickery elements that just every time he makes, they they also portray the way he tricks certain people. 
into doing things in such a compelling way and they almost trick the audience temporarily until they show you the prestige i guess of the trick it's very interesting like they they do it very well again and i and i can't stress enough if you haven't watched this show and you loved breaking bad this show only gets better the first season i heard the criticism that it wasn't as good as breaking bad but as it goes on i argue that it is a better show if you've watched from the beginning so yeah i'm excited to jump into it maybe i'll do that yeah, season five. Yeah, it's done now. So like it's, it ended a couple months back for, in terms of the air, like it airing on AMC. It does normally drop on Netflix just before the next season airs or maybe like a year later, depending on when the next season airs, considering COVID. So you could wait, but I almost argue that it's not worth it just because it's the leftovers quality in terms of at the top of the TV series in the golden age of television in terms of quality. Cool. Anything else you've been watching? Yeah, I watched. I rewatched Moana. Oh, nice! Yeah. Awesome movie. Why yeah. did you rewatch it? Because of Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, uh, yeah. That one of the main reasons. I was just jamming out to the Hamilton soundtrack constantly. Honestly, like that's playing like ninety percent of the time. I'm listening to music. It's just such a good soundtrack. And yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of in the mood. My girlfriend was in the mood. I was pretty tired. I just wanted something to kind of like fall asleep to. So we decided to put it on. Still a great movie. Still holds up. Can't can't say enough good things about it uh i would make the argument it has the best disney soundtrack in recent memory and it is also one of the most adorable movies of all time i love moana i think Moana's top tier new disney the only movie i think i like more in terms of like new disney movies is probably tangled uh not for the music i just love tangled not frozen no no i love frozen frozen has amazing music i like tangled as well it's pretty good i only actually watched it recently on a plane when oh, people really? could fly on planes. Good times. Remember that? Yeah. Remember planes? It was in January. Wow. That was crazy. Those were, wow. Wild times. Yeah. That, those were wild times. Yeah. Yeah, Moen is pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I like it as well. It's Yeah. Other than that, just a lot of puppy training videos on YouTube. Ah, uh, you're preparing for the... My puppy. For the puppy. Miss, Ellie. Miss Ellie. Little princess. I'm so excited. But yeah, I've been watching a lot of puppy videos. Cool. We'll find out. Will I be a good father? Stay tuned. On to the news? On to the news. Number one. The drama behind the release of Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenet continues, as Warner Brothers has now stated that the official release date has been moved from August 12th to an indefinite future date. Due to the coronavirus, Nolan's $200 million film has had its theatrical release date moved back twice, and according to publication Variety, Warner Brothers executives are eyeing a more unconventional release for Tenet. Fortnite. In recent (laughs) months... In recent months, COVID-19 has been hitting the U.S. harder than in other countries. This has made it impossible to reopen movie theaters as evidenced by the largest movie theater chain in the U.S., AMC Theaters, having postponed their reopening plans from the end of July to the end of August. With all this in mind, there have been accelerated talks to potentially release Tenet internationally prior to its release in the United States. The Verge also reported that although many films have gone straight to various streaming services, AT&T CEO John Stanky has made it clear that Tenet will definitely still be released in theaters prior to any sort of streaming service release. And yes, before you ask, his name is John Stanky. <laughs> I did not make this uh, up. Man. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be honest. We laughed about this for about 10 minutes. <laughs> what? There were no cuts in there. What are you talking about? There was no edits. I'm shocked by the name. It's yeah, a good you, name, though. I wrote this up, and I did not laugh, but I thought that when I said John Stanky, you were going to start <laughs> laughing, 
And I didn't prepare myself because yeah. as soon as you started laughing, I was like, I feel like you could cut the tension with a knife. And so then I'm sorry. And then you just <laughs> threw off the whole thing. But anyways, uh, yeah. What do you think about this whole situation with Tenet having been delayed again, but this time to an indefinite delete release date? And we're seeing this actually a little bit more so with other movies as well, where there's indefinite release dates because Tenet was really a tentpole to this whole industry getting back on track. And it's not really turned out that way, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I don't know. It's a, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I did not want this to happen. And I hope that they decide to release it internationally instead of just the U.S. Like, I just, I just hope they decide to go the route of, like, screw it. We're going to re- release it everywhere internationally. And then, I don't know, eventually just release it on streaming for that outrageous $25 rental or whatever. It's... It's unfortunate. I would buy that movie for $25, by the way. So I, I, we had a big, I would as well. I, I should mention this, actually. We should maybe mention this at the top of the show. Our intention, actually, this week, week was to watch The Rental. Yeah, yeah. That the, was the Alison Brie, Dave Franco-directed movie. Yeah. And we just could not. It was not available anywhere. And we were arguably going to buy it for $25 for The Rental. And it's a rental. We don't even get the copy. You can buy the copy when it comes out for 25 bucks. Tenet, I am more than happy to pay 25 bucks for me too. I'm Me too, 100%. I'm very excited for it. It's near three hours in length. I think it's worth it for sure. But I think the biggest thing about releasing internationally, as you mentioned, is going to be the fact that piracy is going to be maybe a problem. I get that, but they're already looking for unconventional releases. So if they release it digitally that's... anyways, people are just going to pirate it regardless. So digitally is not what they're doing. You don't think so? Well, he's, John Stanky says this. That's the quote. <laughs> He specifically says that he will definitely not really in, in I mean, not those exact quoted words, but he specifically mentions that they will not release as a streaming movie huh. before it goes to theaters. So we might see this in Canada before we see it in the U.S. I hope so. But we deserve it. Yeah. The question is, though, like our market is just not big enough. Like we're 30 million people. The US yeah, we is... have less people in all of Canada than the state of California. So. Yeah, like the U.S. is 10 times more. So if it's pirated and then the U.S. gets it like that, then there won't be anyone going to the movies when they release it. And that's, I'm sure, what they're considering very heavily right now. I don't think that it's really a good idea to release this in August anyway, and they can't now because AMC is shut down, arguably, until I think they're going to be shut down further than August, or they should anyway. A movie theater is just, I hate to say it, but it's a breeding ground for germs bacteria yeah it's the same reason COVID. like if you open up schools kids are little germ factories yeah like, kids it's a fucking, terrible idea they suck and okay the kids are going to be fine no one's worried about the kids but they're spreading it around this is the same reason we're wearing masks you're wearing the mask not for you yeah for the people around you because you don't know if you have the coronavirus yeah there was just actually a case like a few days ago here in london in ontario where a seven-year-old kid tested positive for coronavirus He's right actually sick he's okay though yeah he didn't die Oh, he, was he on the ventilator? He, he's sick. Like, he's definitely sick. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he's not on a ventilator or anything. But yeah, it's again, rare. he still got sick, and it, it adds to that worry of all the teachers that work there. There's a lot of pretty old teachers, and then again, yeah, those teachers go diabetes home. diabetes or yeah. some other pre-existing conditions. They go home, they bring it to their family. Again, it, it's, yeah, it's these big gatherings where it's kind of, it's scary, man. Like, and again, as much as I'm a selfish little dickhead and yeah, we i want, want the movie the theater theaters to, to open up yeah, I mean, we've said this every episode though yeah we're almost we're broken records 
in that regard. But it's such an important part, I guess, of the news because every week there's a movie pushed back that's crucial. I am wondering, actually, now seeing all these movies get pushed back too, is there going to be like a gap in time, like in 2021, where there's just not going to be any movies released at all? Like we might just yeah. not have theatrical ah. or streaming releases because they can't even go Film. on set yeah. to even produce them in the first place. I've been thinking about that quite a bit. I'm confused. I think we're just going to be playing video games or something. I don't know if we're going to be talking about. I'm fine with that. We're going to go. We're going to create this make make podcast episodes about movies we've watched from 20 years ago or from the 1930s or like go back in time and talk about we great should, uh, originals. Yeah, we should just talk about the Alien franchise. Yeah, we just yeah we just buckle down and go frame by frame. Every yeah. minute we talk about the next minute of the movie. Episode one, minute two. Alien still holds up. Yeah, no, it Anyways. does, for sure. But yeah, sad times, for <laughs> sure. We're in stage three in Ontario. They still have not opened up Cineplexes or, like we said last week, the Landmark Cinemas. Cinemas. Jinx, you know, my relationship and two kids. And, um, oh, damn. yeah, like it's... Uh, yeah, just wear a mask out there, folks. That, that's my that's my messaging for here. For the love of that's my all PSA. that is holy, please, I just want the theaters open. Mm-hmm. Number two... As Vulture reports, AMC's The Walking Dead Season 11 has been delayed indefinitely, but Season 10 will instead receive an additional six episodes to be released sometime in 2021. Due to COVID-19, the finale of Season 10 has been pushed back multiple times, but will now officially release on October 4th of this year. The Walking Dead is an adaptation of Robert Kirkman's hit comic book series of the same name and follows an ever-evolving band of survivors across the United States. What do you think about this? That's an interesting one, especially considering they're pushing the finale of season 10 back to October only to release six more episodes in season 10. So it's not the season finale anymore. It's not really, is it? I don't understand why they're calling it that. Yeah, it's odd. When I wrote this, I initially was like, should I change this? Because that doesn't make any sense. But they're calling it that. So (laughs) why wouldn't I call it that, I guess? No, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's really weird because, like, why haven't they released it? Oh, they couldn't film it. I thought it was already filmed. They hadn't finished it. Oh. Yeah, I was looking that up too. They couldn't, there were certain scenes they could not do because Atlanta, like they shoot this in Georgia. And so they had issues filming the last, I don't know what sequence, but there was enough of it that they just couldn't hack it. And they, it's a finale, so you want to make that good. And so they had to, yeah. they had to unfortunately postpone it. It's unfortunate, but that's the way the cookie crumble on that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I think we talked about this last week or the week prior, but I'm pretty much up to date with Walking Dead other than season 10. I haven't watched any of season 10. Well, season 10, yeah, that's what I'm missing as well. So I've been waiting, actually. Usually every year I buy the season, but this year I decided to wait for Netflix. But now I wonder, when will that be if they haven't released the finale? That's exa- That was actually what I was going to ask you. Oh, I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. So I Me might neither. just get it because I'm like, I don't think there's anything to wait for. Because I think that next year will be when Netflix releases it, maybe mm. at this time or not. Because if they're releasing another six episodes in 2021, then maybe we're waiting past that point. And maybe it's a year from, I don't know, when they're even going to be able to film past June 2021. Like, so yeah. it'll be 2022 June that they'll release on Netflix. I don't know. So maybe I just bite the bullet and buy the season. I have been interested because I did like season 10 quite a bit. Sorry, season nine quite a bit. You like season nine as well, I believe. Yeah, season nine was actually, I think, a return to form. I think again, we we've talked Angela about this ad nauseum. Is the... Yeah, she took over and really, like, I, I think she turned it around. 
what's the guy's name? Scott Gimple. He was the showrunner that took over for The Walking Dead and just absolutely ruined it. And then he took over for Fear the Walking Dead season four and absolutely ruined that show. I don't understand why they give Scott Gimple anything. Honestly, I'm not even joking. Fear the Walking Dead was a genuinely awesome show. I would say who was running the show at the time? Do you know? Uh, for Fear the Walking Dead, unfortunately, I do not. However, the showrunner for the first three seasons, I really like Fear the Walking Dead. I think season one's a little, like pretty cool, like not as amazing. You know, they're getting used to it. Season two is super. It's a cool premise. Again, I really love those slow-paced sort of shows, and Fear the Walking Dead. Better Call Saul is actually fairly slow-paced. Yeah, one of the advantages. Mad Men. AMC shows actually follow that trend of slow-paced shows, yeah, and they do very well with them, just because they they're focused on again the the character more so. But it's yeah, like build these characters up. Um, but even in the small moments where there's things unsaid, usually impressive as well. But yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, the the entirety of well, the majority of season two of Fear the Walking Dead takes place on a boat, which is like such a cool oh, wow. idea, which I, I absolutely loved. And then season three is, in my personal opinion, the best season of anything Walking Dead. Like, absolutely awesome. And they set up all these plot lines. And then season four is a soft reboot. They bring in uh, Morgan from the original show into it, kind of doing a crossover. And I'm not, like, it became a different show. It became the Morgan show. Let's follow this guy. Now he's the main character. And all these characters that we've spent three seasons with building up are now unimportant. Um, oh, and sucks. it sucked. It was awful. And again, yeah, it's Scott Gimple. He took it over and I'm sure there are like other cooks in the kitchen, but I am Scott not. Scott Gimple is running it now. Yes. And I'm not a fan of him at all. I like, I'll watch season five, maybe, maybe, but season four was such a dumpster truck. It was, it was garbage. There's literally, there's one redeeming quality and it's one of the new characters they introduce. He's really cool, but Fairly quickly, they kind of ruin that character as well or make him not as likable. Again, I think, yeah, Walking Dead suffers from this sort of like, oh, let's let's keep on adding these new characters. And then, you know, just you, you start losing these attachment to these characters because they just keep on adding more and then killing off people. And it's like, honestly, I understand that's kind of the point of the show is like, what's the next big twist? But you don't give enough time to fall in love with the new characters before you kill off the old ones. Yeah, that's really important. Like, to, just to really evolve the character first and then kill them because that's when re- when it really matters. Yeah. When, so when you don't do the character justice by giving them any arc and then they're just dead, you're like, well, that was pointless. So well, there was that... You, would, I think you had mentioned this to me at some point. I don't know if it was on the podcast, but you were saying... It must that, have been because we don't talk outside of it. Right, of course. Uh, but the thing you had mentioned was they're killing off characters faster than they can develop them, like in general. Just, yeah. There's a pace. If you look at the two graphs, they're just dead before they have any kind of backstory. And that's what's so important about killing them off is that you love them first and then they're they're dead. It's the, the classic moment in the first episode of Community when Jeff Winger cracks the pencil in half yeah. and says, and this is why I can say the the name of this pencil is Jim or whatever the name was and crack it in half and a little part of you dies. And that's really what storytelling is for a lot of it. There's a moment of Red Dead Redemption, the video game, which does that very well for me. I think it's a moment where a character is built up and then he's killed and you're like, wow, that's kind of sucky. But if you can build them up, even in one episode, just because you focus them on them enough with a backstory and various character relationships and then kill them, that's the benefit. But I just found that even in the this Walking Dead show that we're talking about with season 11, season 10, 
sometimes they didn't do that in, in some aspects, yeah. and that's what disappointed me. Even about there's a moment in season nine where I was very disappointed in the character death. Me too. I just couldn't believe that they did this again. We're not going to spoil anything here, but there was a moment uh, around the halfway point that I was I just didn't understand it because there was just not enough character development for a character that was arguably had maybe the most potential to be phenomenal. I think it was. It wasn't it the first episode. Uh, I thought it was in the mid season. Sorry, it, maybe I'm mistaken. I think it's the first episode. Literally the the first episode. But back. anyways, we're talking very yeah. generally here. But the idea is again, it was bad. It was not good. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just disappointing. Oh yeah, it was so disappointing. Um, and sure. again, I I don't even know if Angela King took over at that point. I'm not. I sure. I think she took over four episodes in. I I think she took over because there's a time jump, and I think that's when she really could just make her own story, and it, it just started going, and it became an interesting show again i think she really turned walking dead around for because again arguably like i don't even know what season on like five six like there's definitely there's shining moments in all of these seasons certainly like jeffrey dean morgan as negan is a fantastic character he's great he's amazing he's he's a top-notch actor but he's in arguably the worst seasons of the show because again it's just it's it's about balance and it's just not about Again, they, they just focus too much on all these random characters that I care nothing about. And like, oh, my God, how do you feel about Gregory getting his head? Sh- I don't even know if that's a character. But Gregory. Is, there's, there's a character, Gregory. Oh, whatever. The, he was the initial leader of the hilltop. Oh, yeah. What a what an asshole that guy is. That guy was actually. He was great. He was a good character because yeah. that actor's really good. Yeah. Xander Berkeley. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm excited to see more. I'll watch it. They just announced the new, like, Walking Dead show as well. Yeah, that's very interesting, too. It's almost like kids, kids, the Walking Dead story. It's like, it's... It's 10 years after, though, it takes place. That was a Comic-Con from, from announcement. Yeah, from the beginning of the... So it should line up for where, like, Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead current show are running Oh, right that's now. what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so supposed rare. to link up, apparently, with... The original the new, show. The original show. And possibly Fear the Walking Dead? I don't and know. And the movie that they've been, like, priming forever. Yeah. Which is very odd because this movie's been talked about for a long period of time, and they just—it's never come to pass. I don't think it's going to happen. But they keep teasing it. They teased it again, saying that this new show—what's it called? New World? I don't recall. It's Walking Dead. Hey, it's a bunch of kids. It's almost like a out. road movie, but even all of the Walking Dead shows are kind of a road movie. So I'm confused as to what it makes it apart, other than the fact that they're children. Yeah, it's two seasons as well. Like they've already announced, only going to be two seasons, and that's it. So like, oh, yeah, I did see that as yeah. well. Yeah, it's only two seasons of these children making a journey across the U.S. I Will I watch it? Maybe. I'll watch it just for the sake of watching it. You know, you know what I'm very excited to see uh, in general? is No. So, okay, so we've got The Walking Dead, right? Yes. It's the zombie show that everybody watches. It's wildly popular still, even though it's been years, and they've kind of had ups and downs instead of for like the critics element to it. Yes. Especially you. But uh, we're actually getting an HBO The Last of Us. I'm wondering what the quality is going to be in that regard and in a zombie... Because you can compare it so well because they're both zombie shows. I'm just curious because The Last of Us, the narrative is so great. And those characters built up are obviously phenomenal for the game. So if they do it well, Neil Druckmann's involved. It's uh, Craig Mazin from Chernobyl. So it will be very interesting in comparing. Gustavo Santanello is back for the uh, score as well. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he's back That's for the great. score. 
which, uh, yeah, he did the score for the game. Neil Druckmann, uh, by the way, is the creative director. He, he's actually the vice president of Naughty Dog, um, which is the studio that made the game, and he was the uh, director of the game. Yeah, thanks for context. Uh, both, bo- both games. So that's super exciting to see what the comparison might be between those, because that show should be incredible. If Neil Druckmann especially is in, in a large capacity involved with it, I would say that it's going to be good. And Craig Mazin, from what we've seen of Chernobyl, again, that combo seems to be a winning combo, but we'll yeah. find out. I'm very excited for that. The the What's kind of funny is that The Walking Dead was initially going to be an HBO series, and HBO passed on it because they thought it was going to be too violent, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever I read. I did not know that. Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, unless that's a rumor, yeah. but I remember that specifically, that they were selling The Walking Dead to multiple networks and HBO passed on it because they thought it was going to be too like gory and violent. That's a wild situation. They have the and most gory and violent shows exactly. with the most nudity in any network almost. Yeah, and now they're literally making a Last of Us show, which is arguably even more violent well it's worse but even if you like if you look at game of thrones like the violence in that yeah like seeing a person's head get crushed by a pair of hands or westworld yeah there's definitely no uh no shyness toward violence and nudity yeah nudity for sure i don't know it's interesting i don't know i'm excited to see it if you haven't watched the walking dead like i think it's still worth a watch if you have netflix like watch it um, oh yeah, I recommend it. But uh, I think I w- I would recommend it. I just feel like there's it goes through ups and downs. There's characters in it that I'm definitely a fan of, and some that are just seem to be underdeveloped and there to be killed. And so there's that that I don't know dichotomy. But yeah, there's seasons that are great and seasons that are not necessarily not good. great. Number three, as reported by website Deadline, Amazon has chosen and announced the rest of the voice cast for their animated TV series adaptation of Robert Kirkman's comic book series Invincible. About a year ago, Amazon had announced the project and many of the stars that would be featured. It's quite a star-studded affair with Stephen Yoon of The Walking Dead leading the series and the likes of J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs, Andrew Rannells, Saisy Beats, Mark Hamill, Walton Goggins, and Jason Mansukas supplementing the cast. During a San Diego Comic-Con at-home online panel, Robert Kirkman revealed the members of the cast that will be playing the characters known as the Guardians of the Globe. Lauren Cohen, Sneakwa Martin-Green, Chad Coleman, Michael Kudlitz, Lenny James, and Ross Markand will voice the Guardians. Interestingly, all Guardians of the Globe cast members are alumni of Robert Kirkman's AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Invincible follows the life of teenager Mark Grayson as he grows up with a powerful superhero known as Omniman for a dad. This Amazon production currently has no announced release date. Adrian, what do you think about this? I cannot wait for this, man. I'm honestly so incredibly excited for this. I love the graphic novel. It's it's finished. Invincible is fantastic, and I cannot recommend it enough, man. The Not only is just the story itself amazing, but the art and everything in that is top-notch. And initially, this was going to be a live-action movie that they announced, and it, it was Seth, uh, Seth Rogen and... Uh, and uh, Evan Goldberg running the movie. And then it went totally silent, and then they reannounced it as a Amazon animated TV show, which it's is... It's an interesting take, like, to, to move that direction, because I don't think they've done that with any other Robert Kirkman property before. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I mean, he, he's done quite a few things, but, like, I know he did the Marvel... Uh, I think he did the Marvel Zombies comic book and stuff, which arguably we might get in like disney plus like in the elseworlds whatever they call it 
Oh, like the alternative yeah. futures? Yeah, like what? Peggy, Peggy Car- what, happened? what if? Yeah, what if? That's what it's called. But again, I cannot wait for this. The cast is phenomenal, freaking no, believable. The, the cast is what surprised me. It was very interesting to see the Walking Dead alumni, as specifically the Guardians of the Globe. I'm not super yeah. familiar, to be honest, with this comic. I love the Guardians of the Globe. They're great cast of characters. Um, it's just interesting to cast them all as one. It's from cool. One show kind of thing. It's super cool, and it, honestly, it makes me very excited from the outside, kind of looking in and knowing all of this stuff. And how many issues are there? They ran uh, for 115 years, if I'm not mistaken. It's like 140 something, 170 something. I cannot remember. I finished it finished about two or three years ago. But again, like it's it's top notch. And the best part about it is it's the superhero story that is so easily accessible because there's nothing else. It's just this continuous storyline that you can just read start to finish. Unlike trying to jump into like a DC comics thing or a Marvel oh, because comics it ended, thing. You mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a story that you can just read start to finish and there's no like missing, you know, missing story elements as there would be if you read like a Superman graphic novel. Right. Obviously I'm painting with a broad brush there. Like I'm sure well, there's like these some of these comic book series have kind of gone on the I don't know the road of a soap opera in some cases like they they die they come back to life like Captain America I'm sure everybody's heard this at this point Captain America being a Hydra agent was I couldn't believe that like did they run out of ideas was but he point. wasn't but that's even Apparently. stupid alone isn't it like yeah, they, they ran know. that for a while to make even fool the audience. So I was confused. But what yeah, are the it, chances? It's 144 issues for Invincible, by the way. Yeah, I think it was 15 years, if I recall. It started shortly after The Walking Dead, if I recall correctly. and then Wow, so The Walking before. Dead's been running for a long time then. Yeah, The Walking Dead finished only last year. It did finish? Yeah, The Walking Dead. Oh, I wasn't those. aware it's of that. Done. I thought it was continuing. No, oh, it finished done. last year. Cool. Amazing ending, by the way. For, for both, both of those. Robert Kirkman did something special with both those graphic novels. And I'm not like super huge into comic books. I love it. I love the medium. And I, I like listening to like graphic novel explanations and obviously our comic book movies and everything. But there's really only three comic books that I genuinely got into and like read pretty much start. Yeah, did, did read start to finish. And it's Invincible, The Walking Dead and Fables which is um, I actually got into because I played Telltale's The Wolf Among Us, which is a, like a story-based game that that's based on the comic book series. Different creator and everything. But yeah, again, Invincible is top-notch. It's an amazing story. And if they can match the art of like the graphic novel itself and that like unbelievable goriness, because there's like intense, like it, it's R-rated to the max. Oh, no way. Of I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Dude, I just saw that one art photo of the guy like kind of flying through the air. I assume that's the main character. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Mark Grayson, but yeah, it didn't it look kind of not to say kiddish, but it didn't look like it was going to maybe dive into any kind of gore. Yeah, that's what you think it is at first and I guess it's hard to say. fairly quickly. I think about frame. like 6 issues in is when shit hits the fan. Like 5 or 6 issues in where you realize like holy shit, like what the hell? And you know, there's like decapitations, people being ripped in half. It's wow. like it's in Think of like almost like the boys, like you know. Um, oh, like, for sure. Like that's when, based on a comic, of course. As exactly. Well. We're gonna get into that in a moment. You'll notice this episode is actually very comic heavy, just because of Comic Con at home. Jinx. So that's kind of, the, the, I guess, the episode's dedicated to Comic Con at home. Yeah. Again, I I cannot wait. This is actually probably one of the things I'm most excited about. Probably. Yeah. Honestly, biggest TV show I'm excited about. Wow. Really. New, at least. That's cool. Yeah. The weird thing about it is that that first 
bit of news was quite a while ago. So I'm kind of curious when this is actually going to come out. That's my only concern about it. I was reading the voice cast and I was excited just because it's pretty great. But the fact that they announced this so long ago and it hasn't come out yet, it, it kind of befuddles me a little bit. Like they haven't even released one season. Yeah, like I feel like this was announced before the comic book ended in 2017. Right, and they don't even have an announce, like a release date to even announce. So that's the only thing that's kind of confused me a little bit. Like why don't they know when this is at least coming out like a ballpark? COVID, I'm sure, threw a wrench in the plans for everything. But I'm just kind of curious when it's actually going to arrive. They keep hyping it. But hype trains aren't the greatest if you hype it for way too long. Uh, The train eventually runs out of track. Number four, according to Variety, Luck and Spellbound, the first two animated films from Skydance Animation, will be released on February 18th, 2022 and November 11th, 2022, respectively. Luck is being directed by Peggy Holmes and follows the unluckiest girl alive as she discovers the world of good and bad luck as it has never been seen before. Spellbound is being directed by Academy Award winning director for Shrek, Vicky Jensen, while the music is being written and composed by Academy Award winning composer Alan Menken. The premise of Spellbound concerns a girl with magical powers that must save her kingdom from being forever split in two. Skydance Animation Studios is being head up by Holly Edwards and former Disney Animation Studios Chief Creative Officer John Lasseter. What are your thoughts on this, sir? It's cool. It's odd to see John Lasseter's name again after his whole sexual harassment scandal as to like that's literally why he was removed from Disney right so it feels like it's it's something I don't want to support you know what I mean but again there's not directing it though yeah he's running the studio yeah and why though I was confused too me too and so I I thought about it I was like talented oh he's phenomenal in terms of I feel like I've said phenomenal a lot. He's really stellar. Sure, stellar. He's still he's terrific at doing that job of running this studio and making, for instance, eight Pixar movies win an Academy Award in the time that he was in charge. He brought Pixar to crazy heights in terms of quality. So it's interesting that this is the case, though, because again, I looked up to see what he was accused of, and there's a lot of it's it's awful stuff. I man. thought maybe it was like a minor thing. And so when I no. looked it up initially, the first thing that came up was he is a hugger. And that's the thing that keeps coming up is that he was accused of be- hugging people and being too handsy with hugging. I was like, oh, that's not that bad. Being a hugger can't. I mean, maybe unwelcome hugs. That's problematic. I could see why you'd be let go maybe. But then Especially you, these days. For sure. But when you look deeper, it's not just that. That's just some garbage that people wanted everyone to read, I guess, as the headline. But there's like touching the leg. There's a lot of stuff in there that, yeah, he's not. It's not good. No, it's not good. Again, he's brilliant at his job, but it's strange that he got this position so quickly. That's what I would say. So Skydance didn't really have, obviously, an animation studio prior. And so they wanted to get, I guess, a big name to make their studio great. I'm not really worried about supporting it, I guess, just because there's people like Peggy Holmes or Vicky Jensen. Again, Vicky Jensen directed Shrek. Shrek! Believe it or not, I was looking this up, and she was one of the, it was, I think, the first Academy Award for an animated movie ever in the Academy Awards, specifically in in the Oscars. Wow, that's a cool little tidbit. In 2002, it was the first year in which there was an animated feature Oscar. That was the first year in which that was available. 
and Shrek won it. And Shrek is a worthy it's a, great movie. a worthy movie to win it. But it's yeah. strange because I figured that it was years ago that there were animated movie Oscars, but it doesn't seem like that's the case because Shrek was the first one. Yeah, it's uh I don't know, it's it's despite all the sexual harassment stuff, like let's focus on everyone else involved. If we can get another studio that creates animated movies of the quality of Disney and Pixar, because let's be real, I know Shrek is DreamWorks, but there's really only two good DreamWorks like franchises. There's not a, in a Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon. Can that's, defeat, yeah. That's really the only two I can think of that are good. And the further Shrek movies were, I feel like they got Shrek worse. Shrek one and two were awesome. Yeah, I loved two. Shrek two is, I would make an argument, is better than the first one. Me too, actually. Um, however, Shrek three and Shrek Forever and whatever the else they came out with like those are not good movies i don't even think i watched forever or shrek whatever the shrek 4 because i think the reviews are pretty poor and i was just like at that point i was like not into it right and again i i really like how to train your dragon i haven't seen the third one but i know that was incredibly well regarded but yeah there's no other like dreamworks franchise that i can think of that is even near the quality of anything that pixar or disney has come out with and we can bring up oh there's it's almost like disney versus pixar in a way but they're it is. within the same umbrella so 100%. it's not even a really a, an argument and so illumination it, is in my opinion totally garbage like i don't think they've made a single good movie i like despicable me but it's nowhere near as high quality as anything again that they've come out with uh, like disney or pixar so it would be cool to have another studio in the running. Like competing, of, yeah, because it just makes everyone better in yeah. the end. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So it would be cool if that can happen with John Lasseter aside. As a note with this whole situation, that whole, again, that sucks. Like the, Again, it, it's a strange thing. I, I don't, it didn't seem like I tried to look up to see if anything was cleared up to clear his name, and I didn't find anything. One thing about these movies is that they're all – headed up by directors that are all women which is great and that i agree also the main characters are both girls which is great as well which was a criticism in some respect of pixar actually there was a criticism that no leading character in any pixar movie they didn't they were hesitant to even have a leading character be a female until brave what a good movie brave is yeah, and they were very hesitant until that point, and it was. Some argued that the head of the studio, John Lasseter, had a lot to do with that, and John Lasseter was hesitant about even brave, about even trying to pioneer that kind of concept, which seems ridiculous now. It seems absolutely stupid, but that's one of those interesting things is that he's kind of surrounded. If you notice the names I said, they're all females, which is a good and bad thing, I guess, because he's well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bad thing because he has sexual harassment stuff. But he's smirching their names, maybe I don't know. That's a weird thing. I don't know. He again, he's got ta- like the skill yeah. to make this happen, but we'll see. I don't know. Let's hope. Like it's it literally only happened what three years ago. It was like 2017 when these allegations happened, and it's, yeah, it's rare that someone time. that like no offense, he's he's an older gentleman that old would just change within the next two years, but. Let's hope that he definitely had some self-reflection and that's maybe why he started this and he wants women to be at the forefront and hopefully he's not sexually harassing people anymore. It's me being an incredible optimist, but let's hope let's hope for that. And you know? then hope that this is going to be a competitor. Yeah, so, I'd love that. 
Competition breeds excellence. For sure. Number five. According to website The Verge, HBO Max has attracted around 4 million subscribers since launch on May 27th of this year. As of the end of June, HBO has recorded a total of 36.3 million subscribers, whether that be through HBO Max directly or through a customer's cable provider. Some have criticized this result as a disappointment when taking a look at certain competitors such as Disney+, Plus, who signed up 10 million subscribers on the first day and a grand total of 50 million subscribers since launched six months ago. Currently, HBO Max is not available on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices, and there is a belief that this could be significantly affecting subscriber numbers. Unlike Disney, Warner Brothers also continues to license out their IP to other streaming platforms, as opposed to trying to keep it all for themselves. Surprisingly, the Harry Potter series is leaving HBO for NBC's Peacock service at the end of August. It should also be noted that HBO Max is simply not available in most countries outside of the United States, for instance, Bell Media owns the rights to HBO content in Canada, and therefore Canadians get HBO content through Bell's Crave TV service. What do you think of this, Adrian? Yeah, that's an odd one. A couple things that immediately stick out to me is like, how do you launch a service this significant and not put it on arguably the two biggest streaming platforms? Two of the biggest streaming platforms within Roku and Firestick? Of course that's playing a factor. Yeah. Of course. That's a weird one. Yeah. They are in negotiations with Roku and Amazon to make this happen, but it isn't happening, I guess, yet. Uh, just wait then. Like, why launch a half-baked service? The one benefit of Disney Plus is that it launched on literally every single service at the same time on the first day. You could get it everywhere. E- everywhere. Even on your PS4. You know what I mean? It seems like this is a half measure in and that way for sure. But there's also the fact that I just can't imagine why you would launch a service and then license IP for Harry Potter, one of the biggest franchises of all time, to NBC's Peacock service, which launched almost at the exact same time. What are you thinking? I do not understand this. It makes no sense. Disney is fighting for every piece of content that they've licensed to Netflix and various other places so that they can get back, for instance, the Daredevil uh, of the of, of Marvel, which they've launched on Netflix, which was a phenomenal show, by the way. It's excellent. I said phenomenal again. Damn. But uh, it is a terrific show. It's excellent. I agree. It's really great, and I hope that they can actually... I, I'm hoping to see Matt Murdock with Charlie Cox in the, the red costume at Disney+. Plus. That would be really cool. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, yeah. That would be great. And the other thing would be to get uh, Kingpin and then incorporate him into Spider-Man potentially with Sony because Vincent D'Onofrio is divine in that role. He's so good. He's so... Un- I couldn't believe how good he was. It was one of those things that him in that white suit... If you haven't watched Daredevil and you're a, any kind of comic book or superhero movie fan at all... I'd is- even make the argument if you're not. If you're just into law shows. Sure. Sure. Law shows or action movies it's really good but yeah so this is a strange one and i agree with the fire stick roku thing that is something that plagues me all the time in canada where crave isn't on every every spot and so we being into tech and selling tech have run into that issue at certain times where it's customers will just buy a streaming stick or an apple tv because it has all of the streaming services built in yeah. So even Roku and Fire Stick are going to not benefit from this. There's a problem on both sides, both on the hardware side and on the streaming service side. It would be smart for both of them to make a deal. Apparently, what's happening with this 
is there's a channels thing on both Roku and Amazon. And so they want to have mm. HBO part of the channels, but they don't want it to have their own app because then it's their own isolated sandboxed system because they've already currently kind of have with HBO now. That's how it already works with channels. And so that's the conflict right now. So they're, they're negotiating on that and what it turns out to be. I don't know what a contract lo- looks like in this regard, but someone's got to pay somebody, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, like honestly, the only reason I imagine that Harry Potter is going to NBC is because NBC is paying a lot of money, a, but yeah, like an excessive amount. But that's strange, does that, though. Like well, exactly, it's incredibly strange. It's it's I your biggest I'm, IP maybe. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I would say it probably like is. They can build it DC to something great, but I think that Harry Potter is just massive. Make a freaking Harry Potter TV series for HBO Max. You know what I mean? People would eat that shit up. Oh, imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're just not... They've lacked imagination. Disney Plus came out swinging. They came out with, first of all, all of their vault-locked animated movies from, I don't know, the 1930s and onward, which is ridiculous. And then they came out with The Mandalorian, which is maybe the best Star Wars live property that they've made i maybe don't it, argue it's, that with it's the good originals I, I that's not the original star wars is the best let's just like leave it there and, and disagreed oh my god what i don't think it's the best the original star wars movies the first three original three that came out in i don't the think those are the best onward. i think empire strikes back you can make the argument that that's the best but again i i'm gonna okay piss i'm, some I'm saying you can off, make the baby. argument that many would argue okay yeah yeah no no what I, are you I'm, gonna I'm say being, the last jedi is the best last jedi and rogue one I I would almost Rogue One's I would good, I sure. would almost say Rogue One is the best. I I switch between Empire, Last Jedi, and Rogue One. It depends on I the day. Empire, it depends on the mood. Personally, but that's fair. This is a debate. Anyways, let's proceed to talk about this for forty five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, the Mandalorian is great. You're right. Mandalorian is fantastic, and it's a TV series which they didn't have before. I just mean even the production value of that show being a TV series is just really high. They hired great directors. They hired great actors. They tell a fantastic story with Dave Filoni at the helm. It's so good. And what did HBO Max launch? I'm sorry, but I don't recall. Nothing. I think they did launch something, but it's just not. What? Nothing like The Mandalorian. Yeah, like they have their DC Universe shows that they're bringing into it or whatever. Yeah, they just stole them from the services that were already running them before. Which is like, what? Which is fine. Don't don't give away Harry Potter. You're yeah. right about that. The Harry Potter series, that's a great idea. I Dude. Like, I didn't make a note about that. I don't know what I was thinking. That's yeah, people a smart would one. be nuts. They would go bananas. Oh, for sure. That would be wild. The, the The problem with that series, though, is that I feel like it's gone downhill with the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And now there's all this yeah, I controversy watch, with J.K. Yeah. Rowling. and Which is, in my personal opinion, like pretty outlandish. I know that's a controversial thing to say, but I looked at everything she said, and I do not understand how that is being viewed as transphobic, personally. Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't think that's what she meant at all. I, I, I don't know why that's so being either. interpreted that way based on what she said. But again, could get us in hot water. But yeah. again, if you have any in- input on that, again, write into us as Split Focus Podcast at gmail dot com because we'd be happy to debate that. But uh, yeah, it didn't seem like what she was saying was too controversial. And then she also defended, uh, or at least had Johnny Depp in her film and refused to remove him from the third iteration, which for the Fantastic Beasts movie series yeah did you watch fantastic beasts and the crimes of gay wizard hitler i didn't even watch the first one because i don't know i i was about to and then i just before the second one came out then the crimes crimes of what uh 
Wait a second. <laughs> I love how you didn't even realize. Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Gay Wizard Hitler. Uh, okay. I didn't see the Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, no. I, didn't, I didn't watch it either. Oh, see, the problem with that one was, so I was going to watch, the, I just fell off the track for the first movie, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I did watch that one, and it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. But I didn't watch the second one because, uh, or the first one, because the second one already came out, and it's like 40% of Rotten Tomatoes, and I was so disappointed. That's kind of where I yeah. landed. I, I feel like I, I will go back. I'm hoping the third one's great, and then it will pull me into the full series. But yeah, there's that whole Johnny Depp thing where people were claiming that he's a wife beater and therefore J.K. Rowling should have uncast him from the movie series, even though that's, again, completely up in the air. And I, that that continues to move forward, that libel case. And what a, yeah, man, it's messed what up. What a case. I don't know if you looked at it anymore, but it's just... Not since last time we talked about it, no. It's insane. There's more stuff. There's more revelations. I'm, we're not going to go into that again, but it's just... It's just ridiculous. So, anyways. Yeah, when everything's said and done with that, let's definitely do a deep dive. And uh, Yeah, we'll put it as a news thing and what the verdict was, I guess, on the libel case, what the settlement is or whatever the heck they decide on. Who knows? But we're going we're gonna to find out and yeah, then absolutely. go from there. Number cool. numero, number six. Oh. Number six. According to Entertainment Weekly, the global pandemic has forced Disney to shift the release dates for the live-action Mulan remake, the Star Wars lineup, and James Cameron's four Avatar sequels. Like Nolan's Tenet, Mulan's... Is it Tenet or Tenet? No comment. Mulan's new release date is currently undefined as we all eagerly await a global recovery from some of the effects of the coronavirus. The three untitled Star Wars movies have been pushed back a year, now releasing in 2023, 2025, and 2027. The four Avatar movies will now release in 2022, 2024, <laughs> 2026, and 2028. Jesus. James Cameron launched his own press release to announce the change and his disappointment in the delay. According to Cameron, they have resumed filming in New Zealand, but cannot continue the computer graphics facet of the production at the studios in Los Angeles, California, due to COVID-19. As tracked by The Hollywood Reporter, the Avatar sequels were initially announced by James Cameron in the year 2010 as two additional Avatar films, and over time has become a total of four planned sequels that will be filmed somewhat simultaneously. The release date for Avatar 2 was at one point 2014, but this was then pushed back to 2016, 2018, 2020, 2021, and now 2022. Adrian, what do you make of this? Who cares about Avatar? Seriously, who wants these movies? Well, Avatar's who? got a huge base. Like it was the the most watched movie of all time until Endgame came and stole yeah, the record. It wasn't the most watched. So the, those numbers, it. for one, are inflated because they included the cost of the 3D glasses and everything and all of those ticket sales. For which? For for Avatar. Yeah, but there was 3D tickets for Endgame. What do you mean? It's inflated for Endgame. The plus, mm, yeah, it, I guess, the actual dollar. There's actually inflation there as well. Yeah, fair point. I fair, so Avatar I fair, actually destroys Endgame technically still, and if we if we aired them both in 2009 when Avatar initially launched. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not saying that they won. Anyways. They took the record. Okay, the Russo brothers got the record, and Disney's winning with Endgame. But Avatar is beloved by some. But the, there's the question. You're you're right. This is going to be like 12, 13 years when it finally launches. At that point, who cares? At that point. It's almost like launching a new series. Uh, like, you just may as well just start a new movie. And is is 2009 culture what we have in two, 2022? 
I don't know that that's true. It's such a strange thing. And how can you plan four movies in advance? Make one, then make another three. Or based on the success, because you've taken so long. I, I, uh, I got a note here, and it's that the entire Infinity Saga of 23 movies <laughs> for the Marvel Cinematic Universe was created in the time that it took to make one Avatar movie. That's Avatar ridiculous, 2. man. Think about that for a second. Endgame and Infinity War were like shot at the same time. It maybe took a combined three years to make those two movies. Those two movies are juggernauts. They've got the cast of a lifetime. Probably the biggest cast of all time in a movie series ever in Endgame. It's just unbelievable. That action shot at the end of Endgame where, where everyone's coming through the portal. On your left. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Some of the stars were made stars because of that series because it was like 10 years in the making and that is such a it's so wild to me and avatar was like it was truly an industry giant when it launched and even it sold plasma plasma tvs when they existed (laughs) at the time when it finally came out to blu-ray disc which is something to say certainly but what will it matter in 2022 as you said what like what can it do what can it do to enhance because the reason avatar was so huge is because it pushed forward the movie industry it, it it was the first big 3d movie this was a new experience that i can it's it's the first time i remember going to the theater and watching anything in 3d and of course that's awesome it's a novelty i thought the movie wasn't great i don't i still don't think it is a good movie it's like some I, people love that movie though. I like know today they my lover watch it has again, an example, and they'll think it's like one of the best movies they've ever seen. And they're wrong. It's just it's Pocahontas. <laughs> it is Fern Gully. It's literally the same plot line, and it's yeah, it's you just know, blue people dances with wolves. They do freaking tail sex. You remember that scene where the two tails? Start? I don't remember. You know what the thing about that movie? Have you seen it recently? No, man. I watched it once in theaters, and I did not like. That's it. That's what I did. Yeah. Oh wow! No way. Yeah. Yeah, I watched I'm not gonna it. I'm going to waste once. 3 hours of my life watching I, something that's not good. I watched it in IMAX the first time and I thought it was good. I didn't think it was bad. I, I enjoyed it, was it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe I should go back and watch just to maybe see what people cuz people were raving. That I've never seen. That was a movie theater moment that was to win all movie theater moments other than maybe Endgame. People love that movie so much and I just I couldn't understand it at the time because I wasn't that blown away. The graphics were good. At the time, the computer graphics. Yeah, I'm curious if they hold up. Do they? Yeah, we've moved so far. And I think maybe that's what, you know, you said that thing about 3D pushing that envelope. Maybe that's what this is about, though. Maybe he's taking this time to develop the technology. But I just don't Into know. Into 4D. No, I don't know. I don't think there's anything there. I, I mean, like, the computer graphics aspect. Maybe they've been working on their own engine to create something even more realistic and lifelike than it's ever looked before. Just like what people believed Avatar to be before. But it just doesn't seem right to me. Just make a plot that's great and then launch the first movie in 2014. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. This is, okay, so we're, we're, we're like, I'm not laughing about Tenet being pushed back. That's like literally, that can be pushed back a hundred times. I'll never consider that a pushback because they're, yeah. they're being pushed. That movie's done. They've been waiting to do that for so long. They bought a plot of land in New Zealand to film this movie like back in 2013. That's how long it took. They had to own, own this giant plot of land so they could specifically film Avatar 2. I wonder if the landscape even looks the same. Maybe Do they even have property, global they have warming. property tax in what? New Zealand? Do they have property tax in New Zealand? I don't know. I'm sure they do. What, what do you mean? 
But uh, yeah, that's just I don't know, man. You know what? I'm going to rewatch Avatar this week, and I will get back to you. And we'll talk about Avatar. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you somebody. Won't? Yeah, all anyone that loves this movie, like people love it. Just write into us about Avatar. Well, yeah. I want to hear your reasoning why you think it's just phenomenal. I just keep using the word phenomenal. I'm just gonna keep doing it. Keep it up, man. Keep <laughs> anyway, it up. I like that. Just word. tell me why it's great, because I'm just curious. Again, my lover loves it, so uh, I'll watch it with her. I'm sure if I ask her if she wants to watch it, she'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, let's do it." It's on Disney Plus. I will get back to you next week. That Sounds is my good. homework. Good stuff. Number seven. In a bit of a surprise move, Netflix has renewed animated fantasy TV series The Dragon Prince for an additional four seasons, as website Forbes reports. The saga will therefore conclude as planned with season seven. Created by Aaron Ehas of Avatar The Last Airbender, The Dragon Prince follows the story of warring civilizations in the magical land of Zadia. Zadia. Of Zadia. Did you watch this show? Yeah, I love Dragon Prince. No way, I did not know that. Yeah, dude, I freaking love this show. Good to know. It's fantastic. Because I have not watched it clearly. Dude, I can't recommend it enough. Zadia. I genuinely love this, like, I'm this show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my like, God. Wait, wrong property. I'm sorry, Aaron Ehas, for mispronouncing your magical land. It's it's stellar, man. I genuinely yeah, love Dragon Prince. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to rewatch Avatar The Last Airbender, because I was having an irking for season four, and I was like, what can kind of tide me over? Good to know. That's a similar in tone, so I just started rewatching Avatar. You know what's interesting about that is I, I, I was looking this up, and I honestly, I had trouble finding articles. Like, usually there's always an article by Deadline or Variety or, I don't know, The Hollywood Reporter about these kinds of shows, any shows, really. I couldn't find anything. It was hard. I, I, maybe there's more now, but when I was looking, I was surprised. I couldn't find anything. I found it on, the, on Forbes and IGN, and both of the people writing the articles were like super fans. They just love the show, and they're they're saying fans rejoice because this is such a fantastic show. And thank goodness for Netflix. Imagine renewing it for that many seasons, though. It's it's shocking because Netflix usually, like if we look at their track record, they cancel most of their shows by season three or season four. The vast majority of them, I would say, don't go past season three. It is interesting. It is animated, though, so maybe that leaves a little yeah. bit of a different kind of kind of idea. That's true, because, yeah, BoJack ran for a full seven seasons as well. That's also an animated show. But then they came out with that Tuca and Birdie show or whatever, which had one season, got canceled. Yeah, I guess it's just the cult following for the show, and they realized the, the benefit. What do you like about the show? I'm just curious. Like, it's, what's What's the pull? Like, Why should I watch it? It's just fantastic writing. Again, it captures that childlike, almost nostalgia. Oh, that's a, that's you the, know what I mean. The McDonald's ball pit. Yeah, the yeah. smell of socks, kind of. But it's only I love a little socks, bit. dude. You know what I'm talking about? You kind of smell the McDonald's fries in the background. You're in the McDonald's ball pit. You kind of smell sweaty socks a little bit, but ultimately, yeah, and I steal them. That's a great advertisement because that would maybe make me watch it dude it's more than worth it it's what i think about when i think about teddy ruxpin or again mcdonald's ball pit or yes yeah cool all right yeah man i can't i the story itself is awesome like it's genuinely really cool it it sounded pretty not corny but typical fantasy when i read the this like the actual description to write it in here to the news segment i was thinking i'm not sure if this is really doing anything original but that's good to know like how many episodes per season do you know i didn't see that uh if i recall it's about eight or something oh, that's like not that. bad are they they're longer? short they're about 25 minute episodes each man you I, could you could I should fly check through out. it sure 
and yeah, man, like again, I, I, I really, 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 really love this show. It just captures that, yeah, childhood feeling, uh, that kind of quirky comedy where again, like it's one of those shows that I can think about. Like if I ever have a kid, I know I would rewatch the show with them. Oh, that's great. And uh, the animation sentiment. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Um, you going to watch it with your dog, Ellie? Yeah, I will actually. <laughs> my little princess. But again, on top of that, the art style is fantastic. It's really cool. In the first season, it got quite a bit of criticism because the art style seemed a little bit choppy. It honestly reminded me of Into the Spider-Verse in terms of its art style. Interesting. Uh, where That's a, a little very bit framey movie in terms of the way it's animated. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of that. Maybe not as... Like, like in what way? Into the Spider-Verse, it's framey. It, you see these cuts. Like, oh, it I It looks see. like panels. Uh, Interesting. And, and and Dragon Prince does a similar thing in the first season. They smooth it up quite a bit in season two and three, where it becomes a little bit more smooth. I get literally what I just said. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it still retains a really stellar art style while telling a very awesome story that can be watched by not only children but adults as well, keeping my interest. Great cast of characters. It's adorable. It's fun. It just makes me smile. Whenever I'm watching it, I just love it. And again, there's some pretty crazy moments where, I mean, again, Avatar does a similar thing as well, where it's like this, this, the show is like rated for seven year old kids or whatever, um, whatever the rating system is, where it almost is like, oh man, I can't believe they kind of got away with something like this with, you know, characters dying or getting brutally injured in specific ways. And there's a lot of really great representation in the show as well. One of the characters are like, they're mute as an example. Um, and they talk in um, sign language and it, like throughout the show. It's cool. really cool. They do a lot of awesome stuff, and it's a very great cast of characters. The one main character, he's actually like a stepson to like the, the king, like a stepbrother or half-brother, I guess, the, the future prince and stuff like that. So it tackles a, a lot of really interesting issues that you don't really think would be in like a kid's show. It seems very inclusive, and I don't know. Again, it's just a delight. I, I really recommend it, man. Like If you have some spare time, just give it a watch. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's great. It's great to hear. That's a good review. And yeah, I probably will. Especially eight, eight episodes per season. If they're like 20 to 30 minutes, that sounds like a, a watch for me. I, I'm happy that Netflix has such confidence for the show. So that's really neat as well. Like To have that much confidence to launch another four seasons is, uh, is pretty great. Speaking of confidence, number eight. As reported by website publication Collider, Amazon's superhero show The Boys has been renewed for a third season. The news comes prior to the launch of season two, which will air on Amazon Prime on September 4th of this year. The plot for The Boys follows civilian Huey Campbell as he finds himself in the middle of a war between a team of superpowered heroes and a team of unpowered vigilantes known as The Boys. These scrappy resistance fighters, led by actor Carl Urban's Billy Butcher, intend to expose the corruption of the superhero team and the mega corporation that employs them. Amazon's The Boys is adapted from a comic book series by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. What do you think about this? I mean, we both have seen The Boys. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool that they're feeling so confident to renew season three before season two airs. Yeah, there's not that many months left, and there's not really September, anything right? you can really pr- produce. I, I guess you could write, so I guess in this time, it's a good thing to get a head start on it. Season one was f- fantastic. It Phenomenal. really was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. It was so good. It's surprisingly good in a time where we're kind of we're drowning in superhero content. 
it's pretty cool how unique it is. It's in a different space in a lot of ways. I know I may seem dumb yeah, it's a fresh take. saying this, but it's cool to see like a gory superhero show too, but have the superheroes be villains essentially. Yeah, they're they're asshole Justice League. That's literally yeah, they're just like a shitty they're they're I don't want to say carbon copies, but they're obviously like mirrored after, you know, like Highland Highlander. Why am I saying Highlander? Okay, the guy's name? Homelander. Homelander. Homelander's obviously based on like Wonder Woman. Highlander's um, the gentleman from Ireland. Ah, yes. He's the superhero from Ireland in the show. Yes. That, that yeah, you're sense. right. No. Um but yeah, there's like an obvious like Aquaman type character and like a Wonder Woman type character. But again, they're all like pretty shit people that are just really doing it for the show. Like and they're they're being run by a company, essentially. Yeah, Vout. Yeah, Vout. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm super excited for season two. I, that's definitely something when it airs, we should make mini reviews every week because I think they're releasing the first three or four episodes and then doing the rest of season two. Week. Yeah, weekly. So that's something once it airs, we should definitely just talk about every week. Just like a brief little conversation. I, I would love to continuously review it. We can talk about whether or not we'll do spoilers at that point. Probably not. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, if we do that, if we do spoilers on this show, I think we're going to probably just do a spoiler cast episode in between the episodes, mm. almost like a point five, to discuss certain properties, whether that be, again, the, the boys or something else. I'm excited just because, again, I, I really like the, the concept. It's a different take that we haven't seen. It's unique, and Carl Urban's pretty great. He's a he's, fantastic actor. Yeah, he is. He is, and I, I don't know, he doesn't seem like he's blown up that much, like as much as other big stars have, potentially. And he's in huge franchises. Like, he's in He is. Everything. He's in Star Trek. He's in freaking Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he is. He always seems to be a side character in some capacity, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. It's kind of neat, actually. He's a big part of the show, certainly. Uh, he's not the main character, but he is a huge part of it. And the cast of characters in this and the acting behind the... Uh, the Seven, I think they're called. Yeah. The, the superhero team. Again, an obvious reference to the Justice League. Yeah. It's just good. All, all the, the superpowers and the way they, they link up. And I believe Giancarlo Esposito is going to be in season two as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is super exciting because he's just so good. I can't say enough great things about Giancarlo Esposito. So this is going to be fantastic. Cannot wait. Cool. Woo! Sounds good. Sounds great. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Deadline reports, a Sam Esmail movie adaptation of the book Leaves the World Behind, starring Julia Roberts and Denzel Washington, is in development for Netflix. Mr. Robot. Number two, the casting process for HBO's Game of Thrones spin-off series House of Dragon has begun with a 2022 release date still in mind for the series. Oh, who are they going to cast? Number three, as reported by The Hollywood Reporter, Pixar's animated short film Loop was named as Best of Show at SIGGRAPH's Computer Animation Festival and will therefore be a 2021 Oscar contender. Cool. I'll watch it. Number four. Deadline reports that Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson are teaming up once again for a Quibi animated comedy series called Mother Maka. <laughs> I, I really like Quibi. Number five. According to The Hollywood Reporter, actor Gail Garcia Bernal has been cast in M. Night Shyamalan's untitled upcoming thriller. What a twist. Number six. Deadline has reported that Netflix has set an October 16th, 2020 release date for the star-studded Aaron Sorkin movie, The Trial of the Chicago 7. 
I will watch that. Number seven. As reported by Variety, HBO's detective drama Perry Mason has officially been secured for a second season. Is it good? Number eight. As Deadline reports, a TV series adaptation of Griera McAllister's novel Woman 99 will be developed with Nina Dobrev executive producing and starring in the series. I don't really care. Number nine. According to Variety, Elizabeth Moss will star and executive produce a TV series adaptation of the novel Shining Girls for Apple TV+. Ooh! Number 10. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, Netflix has purchased the untitled Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds time travel movie in which a man goes back in time to get help from his 13-year-old self. Another Ryan Reynolds thing. Number 11. As reported by Variety, A Quiet Place 2 and Top Gun Maverick have both been delayed until April 23rd, 2021 and July 2nd, 2021, respectively. Boo! Number 12. As covered by IGN, the Sonic sequel is slated for an April 8th, 2022 release date. That was fast. Huh. And that concludes the montage. <laughs> it's not the sound effect we're using, but... Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that was quite the montage. With the Comic-Con at home, we had quite the number so of new stories. to montage about. Yes. To quite, montage. Quite the number of things to talk about in general. Oh, my goodness. Look at all those things that we, we talked about. Look there, at it. There was a lot, and we're going to talk about more because we're going to talk now about the new releases for next week. I'll let you take that away, Adrian. Hey, thank you very much, Simon. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity for this. The new releases that are coming out... They're pretty much all set for July 31st. I got these from a website called m.the-numbers.com. However, I cross-referenced... <laughs> Real quality. <laughs> However, I cross-referenced all the, all the movies they listed with Google, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, a bunch of different sites. I actually removed some of the stuff that was listed because I just couldn't... I couldn't be sure whether or not they were coming out. And honestly... Some of these I am still not sure if they're coming out. It's it's listed that they are, but I don't know. This is a tricky thing. Again, we cross-referenced. We made sure that we got a list that we believe is accurate. Especially from m.the-numbers.com. <laughs> not especially that one. Yeah. That's the one I would say that you cross-referenced too. But regardless, the idea is that for some reason this is difficult. And again, I'll, I'll let you take it away, but I just think that's odd that we can't find this very easily. Yeah. Somebody like Rotten Tomatoes should just compile a list that is accurate every week. It's strange. Anyways, what's coming out, buddy? So for July 31st, we have Boy State being released from A24. It's a documentary that's actually currently sitting at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's about um, some teenage kids starting a mock government and like a democracy sort of thing unfolding. But yeah, obviously it's well regarded. The next movie is called The Fight. It's another documentary that's actually sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. How many reviews did you see? I believe it was like 20-some-odd reviews. Yeah, that's okay. It's a movie about like abortion rights, immigration rights, etc. Just a bunch of uh, fighting for human rights. Cool. The next one is another documentary called Rebuilding Paradise. This one's about the wildfires that just recently happened in California back in 2018, was it? However, it is directed by Ron Howard. Cool. With music being composed by Hans Zimmer and Lorne Balf. 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 The next I think one. The L is silent. I'm not certain, though. Balf. 
Sure. Sure. The next one is a movie called The Cuban. Now, this one's a little bit odd because Google lists this as a movie that released in December of last year. However, there are absolutely no reviews of this movie at all, and Rotten Tomatoes, as well as the hit site m.the-numbers.com, <laughs> listed as releasing on July 31st, along with the official website for the movie. I just don't think anything is... Wait, are these movies coming to streaming services? That's what I don't know. That's a little bit unclear. I looked at the Cuban website, like the actual website for the movie, and it did not... All it said is that the release date is July 31st. What about the movie about the wildfires? Where's that coming? That, I believe, is streaming. Did it say which streaming service? No, I think it's just VOD. Oh, okay. So there's that. The next one here is Cutthroat City. According to both Google and Rotten Tomatoes, as well as the hit site M. The hyphen numbers.com it's releasing july 31st in theaters however as we know that's probably not going to happen there hasn't been any updates on it and it was initially supposed to be released back in april it's a heist movie starring ti and a bunch of other people cool now this one is for sure coming out apparently it's a movie called summerland summerland and this is streaming i assume this is releasing on yeah vod it's set during World War II, where a woman takes over as a guardian for a London evacuee, a little kid. I actually watched the trailer for this one, and the trailer also says that it's coming out for VOD on July 31st. Uh, however, the trailer also gives away the entire premise of the movie, like beat for beat. Oh, so great. I That's would not my favorite trailer. I would not recommend watching it. All it my literally trailers just give away the entire movie. Yeah, all the plot just condensed in a two-minute clip i'm not joking it legitimately does it, it like it looks like all the emotional moments every emotional beat that would happen why in does the this movie. happen i don't know i don't understand Make i don't it, know like directors that if you're not sure what to do on your trailer watch a christopher nolan movie trailer and then watch the christopher nolan movie and you tell me that those are giving away the plot all right yeah or watch the suicide uh, squad trailers oh yeah and, and, will give you and tell me if that gives away the movie's plot yeah, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, what a good trailer versus the most terrible movie in the world looks like. I know. Jesus Christ. What a we we beat the shit out of Suicide that Squad? dead horse. The, the dead Suicide horse. Squad dead yeah. horse? I just I kinda hope they do release the Iron Cut because I wanna, you know, I wanna have faith in David Iron. Me too. I, I have a feeling that Shia LaBeouf David Iron movie, what's it called? Do you remember? Shia LaBeouf with a bunch of tattoos on his chest that gets money for people. Yeah. That movie. Uh, you are really killing me with that description. I think that was a fairly accurate explanation of the tax collector, the tax collector. And I oh, didn't even did have to it. look that up. Oh, see, wow. see, that was see, good. I just started looking it up. Do you so. like how my mind works? I just have to say a ridiculous thing and I'll figure it all out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. You're a genius. I am. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I think you're fairly smart as well. Definitely not genius levels, <laughs> <laughs> but you're up sarcasm. You fool. <laughs> Anyways. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? On a weekly basis, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments and questions by way of Twitter or by email at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us again, and he said, I think you've both been saying the movie title wrong. I pronounce it 10A. What the fuck, Ken? <laughs> I also wonder... How streaming and limited capacity releases will affect movies that are normally difficult to get budget for in the first place. For example, two sequels were planned for the 2018 Halloween, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. 
Halloween Kills is completely finished and was slated to be released in October of this year. They are postponing release until 2021. I can't help but wonder if a diminished box office would dissuade Universal from financing the follow-up sequel, hence the delay. Uh, It's signed Kenneth, and it says, Practicing Social Distancing Since Puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so... uh, That's funny. Yeah, thanks for writing in again, Ken. I I appreciate appreciate this. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything. I love you, man. To talk about this, what do you think about that? The the concept that I, I thought, based on what he's saying, that it, it sounds like middling movies in terms of the movies that the, the risky movies are just not going to be made. Indie movies I don't agree. cost as much, so arguably they'll be made independently. And then there's the the other side, which is the blockbusters, and arguably they'll be made more based on this comment. Like, what are your thoughts on this kind of concept where these movies, like Halloween, the Halloween movies, which may not pull in a tremendous number of viewers, how will they? fair in this time of COVID-19 and the pandemic. That's honestly one thing I didn't even consider that we're definitely going to get less movies that are risks going forward, especially if movie theaters never open up back to how they used to be, which I don't think they ever will. Yeah. That's actually like a really good point because yeah, like why take the risk, especially when less I'm sure people are going to be far more hesitant to go back to movie theaters once everything opens back up. So in general, I I honestly don't imagine we're going to see another billion-dollar movie, even as a blockbuster, anytime soon. Like, I'm pulling that out of my ass here. Well, it's hard to measure now. There's a concept of going to theaters in general. Like, until we can go back to theaters, how are we going to get a billion-dollar movie? Yeah, we we, we won't. But, yeah, the idea of getting a billion dollars, I don't know how you even quantify that. The, The interesting thing about this, though, if you look at all the streaming movies that we just went through on the montage and the number of them that are being made... There's even like a George Clooney movie that's apparently being made. I didn't include it because we're not sure that he's making it. Uh, it's something, something about a bartender. Uh, I can't remember now the, the name of it. But there's there's a bunch of these movies that are being made and series that are being made way more than before. I wonder how these streamers, streaming companies, the, the companies making streaming services like Disney or AT&T making HBO Max, how do they quantify how many viewers they get from each show? It's, it's, it's an interesting metric because they, there's nothing, I guess there's, they can see exactly what people are watching, certainly. But it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because I feel like we've got more TV series than ever before, which is more content than really ever, ever before because they're all hours of content, whereas a movie ends in two hours and that's it. So there, I don't know if we're really losing TV series. It feels like there's still, like that Nina Bo- Dobrev, that 99 that, Woman. The Woman 99 is on a book. And the Elizabeth Moss. Apple TV Plus Apple show. TV Plus show. The, the Shining Woman, they call that? The Shining Girls. Shining, Shining Girls. Girls. And then there's also like there's the Apple TV Plus sci-fi show that we talked about, The Foundation. And so it's interesting because it, it doesn't seem like there's any stopping to these series. There seems like there's more series coming out than ever before. And no one seems to be saying, oh, I'm canceling this series. But maybe movies is where the line is drawn because if you can't put something in theaters where you're getting a lot of your your money from, I'm arguably not... probably the most. Yeah, I don't I know. Think why. In, I think I that's that's my assumption is movies usually make the most money in theaters. For sh- for sure, I'd well, say on average. Depends how it launches, right? The Old Guard is a huge hit. So is Extraction. Yeah, it pulled people into the service probably. Well, it had to have 99 million viewers watched Extraction, and Old Guard is going to near that as well. It's apparently doing very well. On Netflix, of course. It's a good movie. I, I liked it. I thought the acting was top notch. Um, 
Oh yeah, sure you did. <laughs> of course, your your friend Kiki Lane. I again, I still gotta watch if Beale Street could dock. I'm not making any any commitments yet, but I'm gonna watch it. I swear. Okay. Sounds good. You gotta watch Avatar first. I am. Yeah, it's crazy that we both watched that in 2009 and haven't seen it since. It is crazy, man. It's a little, it's a little bit strange. I don't know. It is strange. We've we've matured so much over these past 11 years, I imagine. Yeah. Maybe our tastes have changed. Also, it's it's Tenet. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Tenet. Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Okay. I guess that's it. Tenet. Ten, like, what was he thinking? I Honestly, I don't mean to bash you, Ken, but what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what is Tenet? You spelled it like this. Sorry, just to be very clear. You started this email with, I think you both got the title wrong. I pronounce it T. E H N. He tried to write it out phonetically here. T E H N dash A Y. So I know that he doesn't think there's a dash, but it's phonetically spelled. Oh. How, how how else would you spell like pronounce a ten A right? Ten A. Where's the T? It's a silent T. Sorry, with no with ten A. Well, I guess that can could work actually for like the French people. No, there's both T's are there. Yeah, it's French people. No, there's no T. The second T is gone. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, my mind just went into a flutter and, and disappeared a moment. I get, you know what? I'll give you that one. Tenet or the flutter? Of the my flutter. <laughs> okay, great. No, but, but uh, no, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that can't be. It could be Tenet, I suppose. If you're French. I feel like he's less crazy now. I don't know. Maybe you, you're on a different side, but it's definitely Tenet. No, you're definitely still crazy, it's Ken. It's Tenet. Tenet, yeah. It's Tenet. Yeah, Tenet. Tenet. You've been saying it Tenet, like with an extra N. Tenet. Just the Piss me off. That's what you've been doing. Tenet. Yeah. All right. We're going to end this show here. <laughs> all right? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll have to let you all go. Oh. I hope you come to the next episodes that we air because we're airing every Monday every for the Monday. foreseeable future. Yeah. Have you didn't we? know? No. Yeah. It's Since on, when? I thought I just came over to talk to you. It's on Apple Podcasts and Google I was very confused how Google people would, would message in and respond to things that weren't posted online. I just assumed. You just thought they were just asking questions that weren't related or like commenting on our previous episodes without having heard them. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. I just they just somehow heard us. Yeah, we're we're online. Wow. So we actually Internet. we just launched the Twitter as well. So if you want to write into us, you can write into that Twitter, just direct messages on there, or of course, just write into the email address. It's splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. The more of you that write in the better. We want to kind of talk about mm-hmm. everybody's opinions as a conversational podcast at heart and whether it be a would you rather scenario or, you know, something about movies and TV shows, which is literally the title of the podcast, we kind of welcome both. So you have anything else to add, Adrian, before we wrap up? Um, no, I don't think so, man. Well, all right. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I do. What? Thank you for listening to the oh. fourth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Um, I do have one thing to add. Batman v Superman is a good movie. Take care. Goodbye.